Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mott. Welcome into College Soccer Nation. My name is Matt Mott. We are here on episode 10. I think we have a, a fantastic episode prepared for you. Um, really looking forward to diving into this one. I want to bring in our co-host, uh, as we always do, Chris Petroselli. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. How you doing today? <laughs> uh, I've been better, Chris. That was a, a very difficult night last night for me and, and the Rebels. We uh, we went out of the SEC tournament to uh, to LSU with 12 seconds left to go in the first overtime. Really gut wrenching loss. Um, did I say LSU? What did I say? LSU Tigers. Uh, and you know it was hard. It was hard um, for our team to to deal with. It was hard for. Um, the coaching staff, because I thought we were prepared and ready to go. You know, I love my team and love how hard they've worked and how well they've done over these 10 weeks of staying COVID free and those things. So to go out in the manner we did was definitely disappointing. But as I've said to you before, Chris, I give myself 24 hours and I got to get back to it. Right. We've got a season to prepare for in the spring and, and we'll be back ready to go uh, in January when we get the team back together and, and take on the spring like uh, like you and Brian back in and playing in the spring. Has it been 24 hours yet? Yeah, actually, we're taping this at about 5.30. The game was at 2.30, so probably okay, good. just made it just under the wire. So I can be in some form of a good mood. And, and, you know, people don't understand, happy Matt is when I get to argue with you on different topics. Oh, so yeah. I know that maybe is a little twisted, but happy. arguing yeah. with you is, uh, is always kind of a highlight of my day. So well, we'll, uh, we'll turn positive that way. Let me say this to you, Matt, and I've said this to you before. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I will say it to you again. Um you had success because you played nine games, right? You got through them. Kids did the right things. Um, you stayed COVID free. Your kids stayed healthy. You know, you, no one, no one got sick. Um, that's success in today's environment. There are, you know, 275 teams out there around the country who wish they could have played nine games. You know, I've got a team that hasn't played a, a game in over a year. Um, mm. They die to play nine games. All right. So, Yes, the losses hurt, and it always hurts when you go out of the conference tournament. It hurts even more when you're that close and you're in overtime. Uh, but I do believe that, on the whole, if you look at you know look at your program overall, for me, it's it's success just just getting the chance to play those games. Yeah, we got nine games. We got better through the through the course of it. I think that's what you want as a team, and we were playing pretty well at the end, and just wasn't our night last night for sure. So you know. Um, I'm, I'm kind of happy to have this podcast to get me out of that that um, mentality and, and into this and, and ready to talk about um, some college soccer stuff. And, and obviously, more importantly than that, I get to talk to my both of our good buddies, Sarah Barnes from Miami, who's our, our guest uh, this week, who obviously is a dear, dear friend and part of the family, part of the old Texas family that when we were all there together. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. So let's... Um... There's a couple of things that, that have gone on this week, and, and I think it's important for us to, to maybe touch on a little bit. Uh, um, National Signing Day, or the first day that, that players could sign their letters of intent, um, was uh, last Wednesday. Uh, so we saw players uh, all around the country signing. Um, and you got your group signed, and you're happy with, with your group? Yeah. Yeah, we signed seven. Um, you know, I think – I agree. It's a, it's a, it's a fun day. Like it's excited for the, the girls to be able to sign officially. Cause you know, some of them you've talked about for two years, talked to them for two years. You get to post on Twitter. That's always fun. And the signing day pictures you get from them at their houses or at their schools, I think is all, uh, is pretty awesome. So really fun. Yeah. It's a little much for me. I got, I got to be honest. <laughs> of course with you. it is. Of course it's it is. It's a little much. <laughs> the, like, you know, the pictures and, the. Uh, you know, uh, not wearing masks when they're supposed to be wearing masks. Um, <laughs> and, and the, you know, and then some of the quotes like, like goal scorer in the country. I mean, they, like there can't be 400 of them, right? <laughs> it can't be the fastest player ever. You know, this reminds me, 
When I was at Notre Dame, Lou Holtz used to do this whole big thing on, on signing day. You know, this is the greatest player. This kid is the best. This kid's the greatest, right? They would pump him up like crazy. And then they'd have practice in August, and he would talk about how they had no players. Oh, these guys are no good. We stink. Oh, we're going to get killed. You know, all this kind of stuff. And I always thought, well, what happened to all those guys back in April that you were talking about mm-hmm. that they were so good, right? So I think we get a little over the top sometimes on uh, on the expectations that, that that we put out there for these kids. And and then, you know, we're always complaining about how entitled they are. Yet all we do mm-hmm. is, is feed it a little bit, you know, with it, it. So it gets a little bit over the top for me. But Well, I think the football guys are obviously extremely. I mean, we had a guy at Ole Miss jump out of a helicopter and like, or an airplane and like had, flew down and parachuted down. When he got down, he took off his shirt and it said Ole Miss a couple of years, something like yeah, that. Ridiculous. So the right. football guys, maybe you look at, <laughs> I think the, 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 the women that are signing are, are very respectful I think it's done usually with class. I agree. Like, listen, I don't disagree with you that, you know, you know, Susie, who has the, you know, scored the most in the history of North Dakota state championships, maybe it's a little, a little much for the goal scorer, but it's a, uh, it's a nice day. It's a fun day. It's a good day for coaches. Again, a lot of these players you've worked on for two years of yeah. recruiting and, and spending time with them and their families. And now it's a special day for them. And I think it's fun to be able to celebrate it with them at least a little bit. Well, they're the lucky ones, right? I mean, the, these yeah. four kids that are maybe this 2021 class and, and into the 2022 class are in, you know, in the middle of this dead period, right? Where we haven't been able to go out and watch them play since March, uh, beginning of March. And it looks like it may be all the way until April. And um, I feel bad for these kids because I they, they are getting left behind. And the other thing that's impacted them is, you know, the, uh, the extra year of eligibility that all the players are getting. Um, I think that that is going to significantly impact that, you know, that 21 class and, the, and that 22 class. So for those kids, I think, you know, they're looking, they're looking at all these kids signing and, and tweeting and all this kind of stuff. And there has to be some jealousy there. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, I, we talked about it earlier in last week, like, you know, these poor kids, a lot of them have lost their proms or lost parties or going to football games, all the things that are really fun about being a high school junior or senior, they've lost all of that. And so um, to throw on top of it now, we can't get out to see him and we've got to recruit through video, which is very difficult, obviously, um, is making it really hard. And, and the idea that we haven't been out since March and now we're looking at maybe April, you're looking at, you know, a year plus maybe um, before we're out to see him live is makes it difficult on us too. And it puts some pressure on, on us as coaches to, to maybe make some decisions that we wouldn't typically make because you're trying to put together a class, but the, the 21s for me is real. And at the division one level, the 21s are really in a tough spot because they aren't getting the looks that maybe they were counting on um, when this process was going on. It's, it's very, very difficult. Yeah. And, and you mentioned uh, recruiting by video. And I think a lot of us uh, this weekend when we weren't watching your team play, um, <laughs> we're, we're watching some of the ECNL games from Phoenix. And um, that was, that uh, was difficult. I, I look. I give them a lot of credit for for putting that together for the kids. I think it was a great service for the kids. Um, but you know, depending upon what field you were watching, the quality of the video was either really good or really bad. And then you had some where they zoomed in, some where they didn't. You couldn't see numbers. You know, the teams that decided white on white numbers. You know, uh, that didn't work so well. And sometimes the camera's looking into the sun, and you couldn't see and um, I found it. I found it really difficult in a number of circumstances to to figure out what was going on. And, and we've we've done a lot of recruiting this way. And you know, the other thing that I found out in recruiting recruiting by video is uh, everybody's got a highlight tape. Everybody looks good on highlight tape. You watch <laughs> these kids on highlight tape, and you're like, man, this kid this kid can play. And so in our office, we always say everybody's got a highlight tape. Um, but what we find sometimes is that. You know, the, the highlight tape isn't really indicative of, uh, of what the player really is like. So uh, recruiting by video is extremely difficult. And um, I think we're going to make mistakes as coaches. We're, we're going to probably end up making mistakes in recruiting, and that may feed the transfer portal even more in the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, it's the pandemic. We got a lot to blame on the pandemic. Doubt about it. It's been a, it's been a pain. Well, listen. Uh, real quick, I, I didn't mention this earlier. Our Power Five tonight, 
Well, when we came up with it, it was a great idea because I was at the beach at the SEC tournament and the, the tournament's at the beach. And we thought, hey, how about seafood dishes? I was I was having some seafood at the time. And we thought that would be a good one. We both like seafood, and it was at the beach. Now that I'm sitting back here in Oxford, I'm not so excited about it. But uh, I think it will be a great Power 5. So just for those listening, our Power 5 a little later after Barnsey will be uh, Power 5 seafood dishes. Right? All right. All right. Hey. Let's uh, – we ready to bring him in? Yeah, let's let's get Brian's opinion right. on uh, briefly, right? If, if it's possible. <laughs> oh, that's no such thing. Uh, too many good minutes with Brian Lee coming at you live here. Brian, welcome to the show on episode number ten. How are you this evening? I'm doing fantastic. How are uh, the two co-hosts? No, we're good. We're good. Glad to have you, Brian. So what's your right. what's your uh, what's your thought on this uh, dead period signing day recruiting all that kind of stuff? I know you've got I know you've got opinions. I, I have opinions and they're strong opinions and I don't mind sharing them. Um, <laughs> n- number one, the the recruiting by video just sucks. Sucks for the kids. Sucks for the coaches. It's uh, th- two, three, four years down the line. There's going to be a lot of situations where people regret it, whether it's the kid or the the coach, it, it's not good. There's nothing like seeing kids live and in person. When you're dealing with your own team and you, you're going over practice video or game video, I think film don't lie. And when you're talking about recruiting, film does lie. So it, it's not the best uh, setup whatsoever. So didn't enjoy it, uh, but it's better than nothing, I guess, the ECNL this weekend. Uh, and then on signing day, here, here's, here's my thing on signing day. They should make you post four year later, um, Twitter, Twitter or Instagram or whatever. You have to show your freshman class excited on signing day, and you have to show those kids four years later on the same day you announce your next class. So if you've got fourteen kids, everyone's excited. I I cannot wait to go to State U. This is going to be the best. Here's you know me and my T shirt. And then four years later, when you got your senior class photo and it's head coach and the three seniors who happen to all be all league or, uh, you know, these things. And where did the other nine go? That's, uh, you know, super interesting to me. Well, hold on, there Brian. Someone, that's just, there is that's someone just, else's senior photo. That's just, that's just not fair. Let's keep it real. Right. It's not that's a perfect recruit. Recruiting is not a perfect science. Right, you're trying oh, to recruit the best kids you can. That's right. You're trying to recruit the best kids you can, and then if the, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Like if they come in and they're just not the right fit, then they should go somewhere else and find another opportunity. So you have reaped many benefits from that, have you not, through your time? So I don't think it's fair to say that you know it's the coach's fault or the player's fault because sometimes it doesn't fit. Yeah, well, but sometimes I, sometimes the coaches run them off. You know, yes, you, I don't think painting, that's right either. Again, again, life is always what? What I say with you, sunshine and soda pop. Everything is yes. always wonderful, right? Yeah, but there are a lot of situations where it ain't good. It, it ain't good. No, and, but it's and, not good for the player either. If they're not playing, then why should they stay? There's 338 other schools they can go to. Well, maybe they should stay because they're at the academic university that they wanted to be at, and they're actually going to get a well, really quality well, degree. As you know, sometimes the coaches at those academic universities have a recruiting personality and have a coaching personality. When they get there, the coaching personality is not what they want, so they Absolutely. move on. And that, that goes to Brian's point of everybody should see that so we all know it. So now when you But that's not that always decision. the reason why they leave, Chris, is my point. There's many a reasons why you leave. All right. Well, if you're not playing, is, should you leave? Should you, now, should you all, stay around? All of these are great points. In, Thank you. And they're fantastic. But what, what, what my point is, we should temper the enthusiasm on signing day because <laughs> the enthusiasm should be about graduation day and senior day. So it, it's a do. little over Which the top. And we do. And it's a little disingenuous. Um, to, and back to Chris's point while you guys were talking, we're feeding the entitlement that yes. we all complain about on on signing day and then we're we're creating heightened expectations for the kid by when coach and I'm as guilty as anybody I mean please don't look up eight years ago 14 years ago the Brian Lee <laughs> quotes about LSU signees and yeah you had five of the top players in the country I think all in right. one class as yes. long as you say it it's true Matt that's what I live by um 
this, you know, so we're feeding that entitlement and then we can't complain when we get them and they're complaining about playing time. Well, you said they're the world's greatest goal scorer. Yeah, see, my, my point on that is that's our, that's our mistake. That's not their mistake. It is our mistake. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. And we're setting them up for failure to a good degree. Um, yeah. when we do it, we're not doing them any favors. So, you know, with this modern kid, I think tempering our enthusiasm on signing day is beneficial to us and beneficial to the college program. So everyone's got to be careful, but that that's just my opinion. Yeah. All right, Chris, next topic. Well, let me, let me just say this, Matt. I'm going to, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give this to you. You, you are right. There are many situations where kids should leave. I, I agree with that. There are situations where it is in the best interest of the player for them, for them to leave. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's, uh, Brian, let's, let's talk about some of these games. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Let's start um, in the ACC. Look at Alexa's talking to me right now. Can you hear You might. Did we say something about you being organized and good with technology? It's just know, not true. Heck. Not true. You wait till the dog starts barking. Yep. 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 She, All right, she's giving her insight into recruiting. Yeah. 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 Uh, ACC. Um, Look, one, just one game, right? I mean, uh, this is all about Florida State, North Carolina, the game we waited for, the game we wanted to see. And and for me, that was total domination by Florida State. Like, the score is flattering to North Carolina. Uh, Florida State was much better. Florida State took the game from the first minute of the game. Um, how many times have we seen North Carolina change their system at halftime? I mean, I, I, very few. Very few. I don't know of any, but there very few uh, where they're changing because they know that they got to do something to, to fix it. And um, for me, Florida State was just uh, totally dominant in that match. Yeah, and in keeping in mind that those are the best two teams playing this fall by far, uh, inarguable. Of the teams playing this fall, that's number one and that's number two. We didn't know which order before that game kicked off. We're all very hopeful that they beat – you know, their semifinal opponents so we could see the game and Virginia and Duke aren't slouches. So that was no guarantee. Um, so it's great to see him play, but yeah, total domination by FSU. And to me, what's different this time around, you say you've never seen them change formation. You ever seen a team with a better bench than North Carolina? Well, we saw it this year, right? In Florida state. That's right. Yeah. Right. And, it, and certainly that is never, you know, in a game against North Carolina, traditionally, I think Mark's playing 12, 13 players, you know, while Carolina tries to run them into the ground with 18, 19 of really good players. And this is the first season ever. You can make an argument he's bringing his best players off the bench I think Florida State. I think he is. I, th- I think he is. Um, okay, how about um, you got a player of the year in, in the ACC? Well, let's have you go first this week. I don't want to steal any thunder. I feel like it's unfair to go first. What you got? Okay, so for me, it's Emily Madrill. Um, oh, the, wow. The right. modern center back, right? So uh, the game has developed to a point where, you know, teams are playing sort of in these, in with these, you know, one striker and, and, uh, and, you know, wide players that are, that are taking away fullbacks and forcing the center backs to make the game. And, uh, this kid, not only is she a fantastic defender and a fantastic uh, athlete, but when she gets a ball on her foot, she is dangerous. She brings the ball forward. She can, you know, she can ping a ball along. She can, she can dribble. She can pass. She can get forward and score. Like for me, she was the most valuable player and, and the most important player in a in a team full of important players. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love it. A super interesting you know, choice. And Madrill's one of the ones where to be clear about Florida state, this is not a recruiting factory. This is not just, Hey, we get to cherry pick the best players in the country. And, and then we roll them out there. It's a place where kids get better. It's a place where they find diamonds in the rough and they, they choose kids on the recruiting path that, that other superpowers are not recruiting. And I feel like Madrill is one of them. And and I tell you what, I'm going to defer to you. I was going Jalen Howell or Malia Berkeley, but let's go with uh, Emily Madrill. I love it. All right, and uh, Coach of the Year, that's an easy one, right? It's uh, easy as it can ever be in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, clearly Mark has done a one there, and, and uh, 
and prove that that they were the best team and, and prove that he put together a, a really, really talented team and, and a deep team, as you mentioned. And uh, congratulations to him and his staff. What a, what a great season for them. It was awesome. I wish the NCAA tournament was kicking off now and, and it was a regular year, but I can't wait to see what Carolina does in response to that final, which was, you know, pretty one-sided. They haven't seen that much. What did they do in response to that? And what does Stanford look like compared to these two teams come the spring? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Into the SEC. Tell me about uh, what happens when you get to Orange Beach, Brian. Well, I love it. It, it, it is the best site. I, I mean, I, the, Omaha might be great for baseball. Oklahoma City might be great for, you know, the championships in softball. But the Orange Beach experience for those uh, SEC soccer student-athletes, I think, is is the best that you've got. And the game's reflected. And if, if, if that ACC final is the Champions League final, which is my favorite game to watch of the year, you know, you might get Real playing Liverpool or Liverpool playing Barcelona or Liverpool playing Bayern. You know, you're always guaranteed to get the best two teams um, just about, maybe Liverpool, PSG. The the other games I really like to watch are the promotion playoffs in the English Football League. And and that game to go from championship to premiership or even I like downloading the second division game to go up to the first division. That's what those first couple rounds in Orange Beach look like. Yeah. While the soccer might not be the greatest, the, the stakes and the effort and the grit and determination of the kids to, to – to win those games is absolutely awesome. And I thought that first day and the second day in, in Orange Beach this year really lived up to that. But just a, a series of very dramatic games, not always the best played, but awesome, an awesome watch. How about the uh, – we, we have to just highlight the Florida-Kentucky match, 6-5. to five. <laughs> <laughs> That was Orange Beach in a nutshell right there. Talk about bonkers. I, I – I, I have no words. Yeah, Six, it was crazy. Five. Stop it, Brian. You have no words. I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. that was that was fun to watch for sure. Okay, so they have uh, they're on to the quarterfinals. Um, so let's let's uh, let's pick our winners. How about that? Okay, let's do it. Love it. Uh, first match: Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Who you got? Vanderbilt. The that's my upset special seven seed over the two seed. Vanderbilt found their form against Mississippi State that first game. You know, that looked like what we expected to see from them all year long. So they're a threat to win the tournament for me. Yeah, I, take, I see Vanderbilt as well. I think they're really talented. Um, they're starting to, you know, starting to get in, in good form. Um, I, I see, I, I take Vanderbilt on that one. Uh, LSU, Texas A&M. For me, I mean, what a great run so far from LSU. You know, as a 14 seed, haven't won a game all season, and to, to come to Orange Beach and Alabama is one of our favorite teams from the early season to to solidly beat Alabama and then get by a very good Ole Miss team in overtime. But uh, you know the old phrase, "Don't poke the bear." Well, yeah. two weeks ago it was two one in College Station with A and M and LSU, and now LSU's got a Herculean task: fatigue, third game in six days, and you poked the bear two weeks ago. So. You know, from a cheering standpoint, I was in Baton Rouge for a long time. I really hope they win. I know a lot of those kids. I, I feel awesome for what they've done so far. I hope they win that game, but don't poke the bear. I'm scared for them. I yeah, like A&M. I, 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 that think that's A&M. Uh, I think that's A&M, clearly. Um, Auburn and Arkansas. All right, you take the lead on this one. Tell me what it's you Arkansas think. Arkansas for me, I, you know, again, uh, Arkansas fresh. And, you know, you if you – I don't know if you ever want to play Arkansas, but but when you play them, you want them to be tired. And uh, Arkansas Fresh is a a tough a tough nut. And uh, I think Auburn has has shown that they're stingy, um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a struggle to score. But but um, you know they've scored you know really important and key goals um, throughout the year. But I, I just think Arkansas, you know, is going to run them over for the most part. Yeah, and it's a, it's a team made for Orange Beach. Four straight finals, I think they're on. Matt, Matt might know better, but I think it's four in a row. Uh, that playing style is so hard to deal with, especially if you're a little fatigued. So I, I think that's Arkansas. But full credit to Karen Hoppe. That's one of your Coach of the Year candidates in that league. For sure. And then uh, Missouri and South Carolina. I think this is an interesting one, Brian. I, 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 uh, I'm going with 
of Missouri in this. Uh, I think Missouri's, in, you know, they've been scoring goals like crazy. Um, they're, they're a team that you know plays on motion, and I think they're on a little bit of a, a little bit of a roll. And uh, I'm just not sure that this South Carolina team is the same. Uh, the same level as maybe some of the teams in the past. They're certainly not a bad team, and and those guys have done a wonderful job down there. And and uh, you know over the over the last few years they've been they've been fantastic. But I think they're down a little bit, and and I think Missouri could win this one. Yeah, in, in the end result, I'm the flip on this one. But Missouri, what a season to graduate! Maybe their best player ever. Uh, you know, and to come in with a relative group of no names and put together the season they've had. And then, you know, getting that win over Florida, who is a desperate team in the last round, you know, trying to keep their season alive. But what I like about South Carolina, same thing I like about LSU and Orange Beach. There are some teams that respond really well to being in that environment. And the last decade of South Carolina and Orange Beach is just a really impressive um, history. So it might take penalties, but I'm going to take South Carolina to advance. All right, great. Well, we'll see. Those games are uh, tomorrow. Um, they should be. It should be a fun watch. Let me let me weigh uh, in on a few of these points real quick here. Chris. I love it. Yes. Um, first of all, watching them play right in person and playing a couple of them, I, I, Vanderbilt and Missouri are two teams that are playing really well at the right time. When you look at Missouri, scored nine goals in the last weekend of the or the last two games they played, and then turned around and scored two more last night against a, a Florida team that was flying. They, they're nobody, nobody wants to play Missouri right now. And same thing with Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt looked clinical, a, a, totally opposite styles, but Vanderbilt looked clinical against Mississippi State and a team that Mississippi State that's been very good defensively. And then the last thing I'll say is don't ever count out the to the Tigers from from Auburn, right? They find a way. They it's find so a way good. to win. And Karen's been really good in that tournament. But you certainly think the top four with the extra buy is a huge advantage, without question. So it's it's so close. Uh, it, you there's not a lopsided game on the table. The idea that LSU's got to play after two games and 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 A and M hasn't played yet is a huge advantage. But the rest of the games are are going to be really fascinating. I'll be shocked if the four seeds get through to the, to the semis, the top four seeds. Great. Well, appreciate it, Brian. Yes, Yes. Brian. Very good. Thank you. No worries. And I, you know, I like to talk. So let me give my two cents before Barnes comes in. I love her. I have two things on Sarah Barnes. Number one is this, the, you know, we're coaches, right? So when I have a young coach on my staff, I'm always like, Hey, are you sure you want to do this? You know, and oftentimes it's you're way too smart to be a coach. You're way too uh, ambitious. You got too much going for you. And I, I think Barnes applies to that. I think, you know, Beebs on your staff, Carl, who's been with me. Hey, it's hang on as long as you can, like we do. The, this is the best you got, buddy. You can do this. So with Barnes, you know, somebody asked her, why in the world do you do this? Because you could be like, uh, you know, governor of Florida, she not just be. coach. of. Mm-hmm. None of us can. And, right. and then number two is – how in the world did she stay in coaching after a couple years with you two? <laughs> and how often did she go home just shaking her head? <laughs> what in the world just happened today? Well, maybe we'll get into some of that. All right. Good luck. All right. See you guys. All right, Look, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. All right. So moving on to segment uh, three, very, very excited to bring in uh, a really good friend of the show. She's listened to all episodes, unlike some of our other guests. And but also is a fantastic friend, and she's the head coach at the University of Miami. Sarah, welcome to the College Soccer Nation. Thanks for having me. You know, I've been dying to, to get the call up for the show. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, we were so glad we finally got to got to get you in the schedule. You know, it's a very popular podcast, Sarah. So you know, it's it's hard. Our our booking agent works very hard with with your agent to make sure we could get you on. Yeah, and you know, I mean, the international flair that you have is uh, you're touching so many, so many different countries. We just yes. picked up a new one, by the way. We just picked up Spain. So, oh, I think we're up to thirteen now. Well, you have a player from Spain. I have a player from Spain, Chris. Yes. So, who knows? But anyway, uh, Sarah, first question right out of the bat. We always put everybody on the spot. Tell us about going from being a top player, and you were a big time player at UConn. Um, in your college career, obviously, and now into a big-time coach. Like, tell us, tell us just a little bit th- about that transition from being a player into coaching and now into, you know, a head coach at a big-time program. Yeah, you know, I, I started coaching when I was in high school. 
full actually. I had a, like a U10 boys team and, uh, and they were awesome. I mean, they'd do anything you asked them to do. And, you know, I was all over them about using their left foot and they, they'd score a goal with their left foot and freak out about it. And, you know, like I got kind of got the bug, you know, my dad coached me, um, early on. So I, I sort of had that, you know, experience and, um, yeah, I, you know, so that was something that I, I always had a, a thought to do. Um, and when, you know, I was about to graduate and, and the volunteer position was open. I was going to go to grad school at UConn and, and Lenny, you know, gave me the opportunity to, to stay on board and work with them. Um, you know, so that was, uh, was a no brainer for me. Um, obviously stayed there for a long time and, and then, um, and learned a lot. And, and, you know, when Chris, Chris and, and you called to uh, see if I'd come to Texas, I mean, that was uh, just, you know, I kind of looked at it as I either, I need to do something different. I need to learn from different people and be exposed to different ways of doing things and different ways of thinking. And, um, and that was the best, you know, best thing I could have done just in terms of growing and, um, just, you know, seeing more and learning. So, um, that was great. And, and then obviously, um, had the opportunity to go to George Washington and, and be in the mid major world, which is, you know, totally different animal from what I had had done previously. Um, it was great in, in so many ways. And now, you know, trying to climb the mountain that is the ACC at Miami. So it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome environment to be in and um, fun to play against some unbelievable coaches and, um, you know, try to think about how you're going to disrupt and, and cause problems and how we can, you know, try to manipulate and take advantage. So, it, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great environment. And then you get to work with, you know, a bunch of kids who are, you know, I was just talking with a former player actually from GW tonight and, and she's uh, just became a, a PA and she's like, hi, you know, I'm looking at this job and I have to work nights sometimes and there's, you know, it's neuroscience and I don't know that much about that and I don't know how I'm going to do it. And then I think I did a lot of hard things in college. I think I can do it, you know, and I, and I'm like, yeah, that's the, the beauty of working with these, with these people, you know, these young people, my, my brother always complains about, you know, I got hired this person and, you know, they're hard to work with and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah, hire an athlete. You know, these kids know how to work. They know how to grind their, you know, like I always joke, even the biggest slacker on my college team is like crushing it in the world right now. You know, so uh, it's a it's a pretty big uh, it's a it's a great world to be in. Yeah. So did I hear you right, real quick? You said one of the best decisions you ever made was to come work with me. Did you say that? I felt I, like I you did. said that. I did. Yeah, I did. Thanks, Marks. I, I feel I the same way. I, I, I did. I appreciate better. it. Yeah, no problem. All right, Chris, well, you got a question? I got a couple of things. First, um, I want everybody to know that um, just a quick little story on on when Sarah came came to Texas. There's um, you know, after about a month or so, and where Matt would come in and say, um, "Hey, you know, what do you think about this?" And I'd say, "Well, I'll ask Sarah." Right. And then he'd come again. He'd say, what do you think about this? And I said, well, that's there. So after doing that again and again and again, finally, he said, what is is Sarah the greatest ever? Like everything's that Sarah, Sarah. So Sarah became known as the greatest ever. So so we didn't call her Sarah. We called her the greatest ever, which she certainly is. Um, (laughs) Totally agree. I want to ask you, uh, Sarah, about um, your experience with playing for Lenny at, at, at UConn. We, um, you know, I, I, I always enjoyed playing against Lenny. I think he's a wonderful guy and, and, and a fantastic coach. Um, and, a, you know, for me, a Hall of Fame coach. Um, but you got the chance to play for him, you know. So so what was that like? Yeah, he's a legend, right? I mean, he's had so many great teams. And, um, and man, he did it forever. I, I, sometimes I... I don't know how, I don't know how long I'm going to make it in this, in this industry, but, um, you know, he's, um, you know, really interesting guy, like a, a player's coach, you know, in that he, he gives you a lot of freedom. Um, he's not trying to uh, sort of run the program. You know, he didn't try to run the program with uh, total control. I, I think there was a lot of room to be yourself and, um, it, you know, and, and that provided guidance and that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, like he sort of had the ability to, he did a lot of coaching within the game. So you had, there, it was sort of unstructured at times, but always teaching, always, um, you know, making points that, like I, I said, I think, gosh, I think I learned something every day working with Lenny, you know, 
like he'd say he'd see something and the guy watched soccer nonstop. like he had you know he had all these vhs tapes and you, you know you guys remember you could you put like four or five games on a vhs tape because they last like eight you know eight hours right so he'd have like 45 minutes of this game and a full game of that and 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 then like all of our games, like all the years of UConn games, um, before me, during my time, after my time, and he he watched them all the time, you know. So you he just a lot of interesting perspectives. He you know like he he changed formations. He he you know he was always trying to kind of, yeah always always trying to tweak things and and you know um, it it was interesting and you know like and he's just. Um, you know, he's got the, uh, I swear, he, he, he would go to, he's been here in the country for a long time. When I played for him, he'd probably been in the country for, I don't know, 25 years, right? And um, he, uh, but he would go to Greece and see his mom and come back and um, you'd think he hadn't lived in the U.S. for one day and the accent would be so strong. And so, you know, I, I like the, my favorite, uh, you know, just the start of, you know, being a freshman, you're, everything's new, you're trying to transition. And um, I think it's our first, our first game halftime, we're playing at Providence college. We're not playing very well. Um, and, and, you know, so he says, makes a couple points and he says, and other walls guys, keep your focus and have a preface. And everybody got up and started walking to the bed. And I was like, what, what did he just say? So I stopped uh, Ginny Woodward and I said, Ginny, what did he say? Oh, in other words, keep your focus and have a purpose. Okay. <laughs> Got it. So we had a lot of that. There's a lot of Lennyisms that yeah, I bet. entertained you. What a, what a great guy and, and a great coach and yeah. successful coach. But you mentioned uh, VHS tapes. I think Matt wants to ask you about it. Yes, yes, I knew, yes, I knew, you, I knew. <laughs> let's put you in the time machine, sir, and go back to when you were a player at UConn mm-hmm. and you played Notre Dame in the conference uh, championship. Now, we had that VHS tape from Chris for some reason. I found when we were at Texas, and we were able to put the game on. So the game, I'm just going to set it up. The game was going on, and, and Notre Dame was doing pretty well, and they scored a few goals, and it got to be 6-0. And then you got a chance – and you bury the chance in a great goal. And what happened after that? You know, I, I was, uh, Matt, I was, uh, now you got to remember Notre Dame, that team was a very talented yes. team. That was the yes. best team in the country that year. Yeah. And um, no question. And so, you know, there, you know, you're struggling and you're, you're trying yes. to pull your team out and, you know, motivate them and keep them in the fight, you know, so you can yes. finish strong. So um, that's all, Matt. So <laughs> it's got you got pumped her arms in a fist, jumped around like she it was the, the game winner and it turned into six one. But let's be honest now, sir. Let's keep yeah. it keep it honest. You did play them one other time that year, correct? We did, yeah. You and did. what happened in that game? Yeah, you know, it's um <laughs> we uh we had a fast player uh in Sarah Whalen and uh we man, we we took about a hundred punches to to you know, every part of our body and uh, blocked. I think we blocked a lot of shots and countered twice. And uh, she scored both of them and hung on for, I don't know how many, I don't know how many minutes it was, but we hung on and uh, man, I watched it again, maybe five years ago. I hadn't seen it, you know, since I don't even know if I ever watched it after, after it happened, but uh, I watched it again about five years ago. I called Chris up and I said, Man, you guys clobbered us. <laughs> but yeah, you knocked but them out. We did. Knocked but out we, the big, powerful well, Notre Dame team. We did. And you know, well, you know what's interesting to me about this is um, certainly, uh, you know, that was a that was a tough loss for us, but a, a fantastic win for you. I'm not quite sure who's happier about who won that game, you or Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be taking a lot of very good advice from this. You know who was happier, actually, uh, can beat both of us out, is uh, when I – so I was drug tested after the game. It took a long time. I get back to my – I'm walking up to my room and down the hall, and uh, I think it was a, a brother of a UNC player was like, hey, you're from UConn? I mean, I still have all my stuff on. A, yeah. It's like, hey, thanks for beating Notre Dame. Now we're going to win the national championship. <laughs> 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 nice, nice. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> well, tell me about um, you're in a little bit of uh, um, like a different situation, you know, at Miami than let's say you were at um, at UConn and, and Texas, right? I mean, UConn and Texas, you know, at the times established teams and and yeah. and you know quality teams and and things like that. You go to Miami and you kind of have to build 
and start over, right? And and you know, you're taking over a new team and um, you're trying to get, have some success and things like that. And it's just a different it's a different animal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Loch Ness monster. I think it's, uh, it's uh, right. I mean, it's just a, it's a tough league, and and the teams are so talented, and and um, and and they're you know even and you talked about uh, how how deep FSU was, uh, you know they're all you know pretty deep and to a certain extent, right? You know they they've got kids who can come off the bench and 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 be pretty dynamic. It's um, I, I you know I think. Th- it's, it's a really, it's interesting. And, and like every week I, it's fun. It really is to, to go through the games and do the scout and um, try to come up with a plan uh, that you think will work. And I, you know, I think we talk about it all the time as a staff, we go in every week, we're like, we, if we do this and we do that and we get this right, like we can beat these guys, you know, and, and then you go in and that, um, that doesn't always come through, you know, they've got different plans for you. But um, I think the hardest part is, is just, um, there's so much failure, you know, and, and that doesn't mean you're not getting better. Uh, and it doesn't mean that the kids aren't growing, but, uh, keeping them, you know, keeping them, um, in it and fighting and, um, and committed to the process. I think that's probably the biggest challenge is, is just getting them to understand that, um, from a, from a, you know, long-term standpoint, you know, you at that age, you're so focused on the few, on the, the current moment, you know, what you're doing right now. And we look at it, we can have a little bit longer perspective. Um, I think that's the, the hardest part is just uh, keeping them, keeping them in the right headspace to be able to do the kind of heavy lift that you have to do when you're building a program. Yeah. Great. Great. Really well said too, Barnsley. So I think it's important that people understand that, you know, the three of us are certainly very good friends and we, we had a great success at Texas, but you know, it all came about one, one day when Nicole Nellie Nelson, another great friend of all of ours was the assistant at Texas and got the, the OU head coaching job and left Chris and I, and Chris is like, came to me in a panic and said, Matt, what, what are we going to do? How are we ever going to replace Nicole? Which is, she's probably irreplaceable. And I said, no, 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 Chris, 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 Chris. I can find somebody. I can find somebody. So I went to hard work and Sarah Barnes' name kept coming up and kept coming up. So I wanted to be clear that I really handpicked Sarah Barnes to be the assistant at Texas with us. And, and of course, she became the greatest ever. So at some point, I should get credit for that, Chris, I think. I, well, look, I can't argue that that you uh, didn't handpick her. Um, <laughs> you certainly did. I don't know about all the hard work. Because I remember what you did, okay? <laughs> you went to the top 20 teams in the country, and you looked at all of the assistants. So that was 20, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you said, oh, this one might be good. <laughs> that is and, not true. And I said, true. I said, wait, I remember her. Um, we played, there were two of them that were two Barnes on on UConn. There was a Sarah Barnes and a Farrah Barnes, and I couldn't tell the difference between the two of them when we played. Uh, but I think the the Sarah Barnes was the one who celebrated like crazy. When, when we won six to one. You yeah. remember that, didn't you? You didn't want me after that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you know Farrah Barnes. It's a good story. We, we roomed. Together. I don't know why they put us together, but they put That's us. That's crazy. Sarah Barnes and Farrah Barnes. And at the time, nobody has cell phones. So you have your, you know, you have the phone on your desk and people will call. And I'll tell you what, when you say that, like, is Sarah there? Sarah, Farrah, you can't tell what the difference. Sarah or Farrah, S or F. You go through this every time somebody called. And somebody would say, Barnes, yeah, I know, that doesn't help. Uh, so we, we really struggle with phone calls freshman year. And then uh, and then one time I called, and my grandmother called, rather, and um, I said, hey, hi, Grandma Barnes. And, she, and she's at her desk, and she turns around and goes, I have a Grandma Barnes. I was like, I know you do. Yeah, sure you do. <laughs> we had a good time. Good time. Yes, but we. Well, let me just say this: it, it's uh, it's been so fun working when we worked together with Sarah. And Sarah is the hardest worker there is. She was there at the first one there, last one to leave, all that kind of stuff. But what she did do is she really hurt me and all of the players I recruit because whenever we went recruiting together, she would say, "Well, do they use their left foot?" 
do they use their left foot? So then I started watching, oh, she doesn't use her left foot. So any recruits out there, use your left foot because the coaches are watching. And now I'm just almost obsessed with, wait, did they touch it with their left foot? Did they use their left foot? Because that's all from Barnsley drilling that in my head. You got to have, got to be two-footed, right, Barnsley? Got to be two-footed. It's, it really is. I don't know. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead, Chris. Well, I, I wanted to uh, make sure we, we point this out. How difficult it was for me to have you two together and figure out where we were going to go to lunch. Uh, mm. Because we're talking about opposite ends of the spectrum here when it comes to food, right? Yes. Yeah, and Sarah always wanted the healthy options and the salads and things like that, and the cafes. And Matt would never go to a place called the cafe. No, no. Bistro or cafe was a big problem. Sarah wanted to go to Whole Foods. Matt would never go. They didn't have Diet Coke. Yeah, that was a huge problem. Well, you know, my my, one of my favorite parts. We trained quite early. I I mean, I remember being in there at like six a.m. I think, and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we we'd get out to practice. We'd get toward the end of practice, and Matt would say. Where are we going for lunch? Yeah. And, uh, and, and I thought, it's only 8 o'clock. But, yeah, but no, Sarah wanted to go, oh, we should go try this new cafe. Yeah. I ain't going to no dang cafe. <laughs> and then, yeah. oh, well, what about, you know, I heard they opened this brand-new bistro. I'm like, Barnsley, I'm not going to a bistro. Like it's, and then, then she, oh, Whole Foods is the greatest. Whole Foods is the greatest. So I'm like, all right, I'll try Whole Foods. Yeah, she's like, they got a pizza stand, and they have a bar. Who doesn't sell whole, who doesn't sell Diet Coke? I thought we had you. I did. I thought we had you at Whole Foods because the pizza, the barbecue, and I think you were kind of like, okay, this is all right. And then Diet Coke. And I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there was another place we went and the diet, it was off. Like the tap was off. Yes. Yes. And you were not. Yeah. I was like, that was a cafe. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Barnsley. Oh, no. You got another question, Chris? Just one One quick one. Um, your staff, right? And especially there's a, there's a young guy there, um, Nick, my son, who tortured me for many years growing <laughs> up. Is he torturing you or is he being okay for you? Well, I'll tell you, uh, I just, I just text him during this because he started, um, we have some individual meetings tomorrow. And so he's sending me, you're hearing this like ding probably come across, uh, every couple minutes. Cause he's sending me the links for the meetings tomorrow. And I said, so I text him, stop emailing me for 10 minutes. The guy's on his phone all the time. He keeps emailing to me. So I'm not sure if he's just ignoring his boss's text or, or what's going on. But, uh, now he's, uh, you know what, Nikki's a, um, like, well, you know, he's, he's got a lot of energy. He is, you, you tell Matt, he's sunshine soda pop. Nikki's got that, that optimism that, uh, you know, what is, is massive in, when you're trying to build a program, isn't it? Like you, you need that energy and that positivity and, um, and he's just, you know, he just, uh, took over a, uh, a JV team. So, which is awesome. Yeah. He got his first, uh, head coaching gig and, uh, won the first game over the weekend, tied the second. And he said, uh, we're going to win the league. So you yeah. that's, 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 <laughs> that's Nicky in a nutshell. <laughs> totally. Totally. He's been, awesome. uh, he's been awesome. I've appreciated you sharing him for a couple of years. Uh, right. Yeah. Hey, and, and let's keep it real. Nikki was a really good player. played Played in the um, you know the the DA, the DA league, then played at SMU and Greensboro. But when he was ten, I beat him in a race. Just FYI, I want that out there. <laughs> that Nikki was big time athlete, top level him. athlete. Knocked him I beat over. him in a race. You I knocked him, him over race. with like two. Paintings. I did not knock like, him over. He ran into me, bounced off me, and lost. He bounced off me. He bounced off me, and I won the race. I got to the finish line before him. Anyway, he's not here to argue it. Thank God. All right, Barnsley, listen, tell us, tell us, give us a, a few minutes about the University of Miami and, and why you love it and, and why it's great. We're, we're obviously big fans, but, you know, spend some time telling us about Miami. Yeah, you know what? I think um, first it's a, it's a it's Power 5 athletics, but I think um, with a family environment. And, I mean, we as we discussed, this year was a, a tough year. And, and, you know, of course, you know, people are always in your department are always supporting you. The ADs have been great. But, you know, we had other coaches stop me and, you know, just 
encourage you and, and, you know, take the time to have been through this and, and you got to keep going. Um, you know, our football strength coach called and left a message while we were on an away trip just to say, Hey, you're on my brain. Keep fighting. This is temporary. I just, I think that's a unique part of the, of the department that, that I've loved and, and has been awesome for me as a, as a coach. Um, I think the other great aspect of, of the university is, you know, especially for, for soccer players that, you know, if you're interested in, in, you know, earning an elite education and playing in one of the most elite leagues in the country, obviously you can do that here. But, you know, as a student athlete, we all know you have a couple weekends off a year, um, you know, each semester, et cetera. And um, this is a pretty great place to do it. You've got the beach, the keys, winter and spring in Florida are, are awesome. It's, um, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a nice place to be. It's a fun place to be. And, and, um, you can, you know, again, you don't get that many opportunities to take advantage of it, but, um, when you do, you love being here. Yeah. You know, I've been down there obviously a couple of times visiting, uh, Nick and a beautiful campus and, um, just a great place to be. And, um, I think it's a place that certainly you're, you're going to attract uh, great players and, and quality recruits. It's there's really nothing bad to say about it. It's just a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. They just got to deal with me. That's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, good, Barnsley. We really appreciate it. any uh, any last words. I was trying to think of of story, but I, I think you you know if you see us out and about, and typically we're together, and you think why is the SMU and Ole Miss and and Miami coach hanging out and just nonstop laughing. It's probably because we're bringing up some story from the past where Chris made Sarah and I um, dance like uh, jesters to uh, entertain him. Um, but it was, uh, it was one of my you know favorite four years of, of my career was, was there and certainly working with you. We did have to put up with Chris, but uh, it was a fantastic time and, and I wouldn't want to share with anybody else. So thanks Barnsley for being on the show. You're great as usual. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's been fun to to recount. I, as as you said, Chris, uh, Matt. You know, I I loved working for Chris and and working with you side by side. It was uh, I learned a lot. I said it earlier, and uh, man, we had fun. I, I really did enjoy my time with you guys. And anytime we get together, love to love to uh, look back and and laugh. Well, I'll say this. I didn't say I loved working for Chris. I said I loved working with you. I didn't, I didn't say that. Just, <laughs> I, 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 those words didn't come out of my mouth. Good to clarify. Good. <laughs> yes. All right, Bear. Thanks uh, so much. We really appreciate you. it. Yeah, thank All you. Right, so much. See you, Marty. All right, Chris. What are, you, uh, what are you looking forward to this week coming up? Well, you know we're we're running low on uh, on games to watch, aren't we? Right? I mean, we just have we just have the uh, the SEC games, but it's more sort of you know wrapping it up with my team. We're finishing we're finishing training this week and going through some individual player meetings, which is always uh, always enjoy them. A chance to sit down and talk to the individual players and talk a little bit about their development and um, you know where what they need to do, what they need to work on, where they're headed and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's kind of just a week to start to wrap things up. Yeah. I, I we, same thing. We, we've got, um, we're, we're, we're going to do some meetings with the players, but I think the, the, the big thing for me is the thing I'm most looking forward to is not three uh, COVID tests this week. Right. I mean, that's uh, taking a break from getting tested three times in COVID is something to look forward to um, being able to start to, you know, kind of, look back at the season and uh, analyze it and get ourselves ready for the spring. It, it's a strange time, Chris, because, you know, you're talking to the players and, and there is a spring season coming, um, which is not normal. Normally we're talking about development and everybody's going to play a lot and, and we're going to try and get better in our eight hours and 20 hours. But now we're, we're saying, okay, no, wait a minute, we're going to play some games and, you know, a number of games and, and, and that are meaningful. So that changes the mindset for sure with the team. So, um, it's different, but certainly looking forward to. But I am not. I am looking forward to not having to do COVID testing three times a week. Yeah, getting that yeah. swab up your nose three times. Yeah, yes, yeah, not a lot. How about this too? You real quick. So we get on the beach. We got to get tested at the beach, right? We got tested three times here. We get to the beach and say we get tested again. So I walk in. I'm the first one in line with our team, and I say to the the testers, "Hey." Uh, who's the nicest? So this guy raises his hand. So I go over, he goes, Hey, just FYI, I'm from Mississippi state. Oh yeah. He went deep. He went deep. <laughs> let me tell you, he went deep. I'm like, Oh God, how did I get this? So he saw me, he knew it. Oh, miss. That's He's great. Take it out. He took it out That's on me. Good. No, he was fine. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, shall we do it? Is it power five? Power five. Power five. So, so we're going to have a discussion we... about, about, yes. right. Yes. I mean, there's, 
we're getting um, a number of people who want to vote on the power of five. Everybody has a say and all of them say I win all the time. Um, That's not true. But, but there, there are a number of people who would like to be involved in voting. And, and we've mentioned that, you know, we, we, we uh, usually listen to, to Mark and his wife. And And who did they pick last week, by the way? I thought they picked me. No, they picked me. Military week, they picked they, me. They did. They, now they did. That's they right. Thank you. you. Because they basically gave you the sympathy vote, and it was like, you didn't really win, but we're going to say you won, right? And you know what, Chris? If I'm up for something and I get a, and I win because sympathy vote, I'll take it. No problem. I don't care what the vote is. I'll right, take sure. the vote. Sure. I mean, yeah. you got to win every once in a while. I mean, 10 yeah, times. Of I mean, course. <laughs> anyway, so we, we take their input. But now you have a couple of other people who have asked to be involved. Well, on Twitter, Brian Copham, a friend of the show who who listens every week, who had a great comments about the candy argument, and he agreed with me about no one gives full-size candy bars. And then he also weighed in this week and gave it a draw, which I thought was very nice. So I think we should bring him on as as a, a, a voter. And then the other person who reached out to me was Coach Hopper, who I, we're going to try and get on next week um, as our guest, uh, Karen at Auburn. She wants to vote as well, and she did kind of hammer me about the Jordan LeBron Argument. She's obviously from Chicago. She's a huge Jordan fan, but she wants to vote, which I think that's a fair person to vote. She's very fair. Okay. Well, here's what I think. And I, I mentioned this to you early. It, it's, you know, how uh, in the election right now they're counting the votes, right? Right. When they're counting the votes, they have to have like a Democrat and a Republican observe, right? Just mm-hmm. so, so it's fair. So I feel like um, you should have your people. And I should have my people. So you ha- already have Karen as one of yours. Uh, she, she's a friend of the show. She likes you too. Why was she just my, why is she just on my side? Well, you do have a longer connection with her than I do. Wait, wait yeah, she's, she the god, she's, a god, she's, she's the godmother of my child. Wait, she was in our wedding. Want her? Do you not want her? I, I do, but I think she's also very fair. I think that we should have to approve. So I approve of her. Yes. So <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay. Karen All is right, okay. good. Yeah. You have Brian, who I think you're probably a little bit closer to than, than Brian I. Brian Lee? Connection Brian Cobb. Through, through your yeah. connection. I'll approve, I'll, I'll approve it, though. Okay. All I'll right. approve Good. it, that, right? Yeah. Um, you you have told me that Mark would be mine. I'm okay with that. You're okay? Yes, clearly. Yeah. I yeah. get to get another one then, right? Yeah. All right. I'm going to take Derek Leader. Will you no. approve that one? No, I will not approve that Wait, one. What do you mean, No. He, he he was your assistant in ODP, and he's always every Chris this and Chris that. I do like no, you know what? I'll take Derek. He's a fair guy. Okay. He's in. Right. He's in. And he's we in. need one who's just absolutely neutral down the middle. And I think it should be Brian Lee. Nope. 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 All right. I think it should be Jim Wayne. Jim Wayne. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. <laughs> well, he's got to listen, though. I don't know. If that, I don't know if that'll happen. He listens. He listens. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's work on. It. We got one more. We'll work on it. We won't. Okay. We'll, add it. we'll. We won't add All one right. yet. But <laughs> right. we have to ask Jim that. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, so the Power Five this week is seafood. Right. Seafood. Yep. 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 All right. So you always go first. I'm going first this time. Okay. Nine number five, scallops, sea scallops. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I didn't know you, I didn't know you like scallops. I do like scallops. Yeah, my wife's a big scallop fan, so every time she gets them, she never eats her whole plate. So I just get to get half yeah, one. Scallops, one pretty good. scallops. I don't necessarily always order them, but I do like them. I certainly like them as appetizers. Delicious. Yeah. Okay, you're number five, salmon. Ah, uh, no, see, like some nice salmon. <laughs> Everybody, I hate salmon. Brian Lee eats. Brian Lee eats salmon every time we go out, and it's because it's good. No, it smells nasty. I'm not a salmon fan at all, so I think that's a terrible choice. No, I don't. I don't think so. He's terrible. All right, my number four, oysters. My number four is very similar. Mussels. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll give it. We'll give it an even pass. All right. My number three. Yeah. Shrimp cocktail. Not bad. You can do better in the shrimp category, but but not bad. Um, How can you do better? Cooled well, we'll shrimp get to it. cocktail? We'll get to it. Uh, okay. Okay. I don't think there's anything better than shrimp cocktail. My number three is anything with crab meat. <sighs> I need more. I need more. I need more of an explanation of anything with crab meat. Like you, you need to you have a Twinkie with crab, crab meat? 
A what? A Twinkie? No. <laughs> like anything. That's a something. No. All right. Well, no, give me I, I like flounder stuffed with crab meat, or you could just have the crabs themselves, or you could have crab cakes, I mean, anything with, with crab meat. Now, let me tell you, you need to see my wife attack, attack a bushel of crabs. You've never, <laughs> you've never seen anything like it. Like, you know, she from Virginia Beach area, right? Yeah. Oh, great crab there. Yeah. She grew up basically crabbing, right? Uh, uh-huh. I plucked her out of a crabbing boat. That's nice of you. You're so, so generous. Better aim, right? Um, you know, if it wasn't for me, she'd still be like, you know, pulling up the the uh, rope with the chicken neck on the end, you know, trying you, to you, catch a crab, you know. You realize she listens to this. I know. No, she, she would admit it. She would admit it. Oh, okay. It. Okay. Proud well, of we'll it. check that. She's proud oh, of okay. it. Yeah. That, she's proud of it that you took her out of the crabbing industry and brought her to Notre Dame. Better than pulling crab pots, for sure. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Anyway, anyway, crab, anything with crab. All yeah. right, yeah, I'm okay, fine. I like crab. All right, my number two, lobster tail. Mm. Delicious. Very good. Very good. Any way you cook it, very, very, very good. Very yep. Good. Yep. My number two is shrimp scampi. I, I, if you're giving me my choice, I'm taking shrimp cocktail, but shrimp no. scampi is very I mean, good. Yes. Cocktail is just shrimp with ketchup. It's not ketchup. Yeah, it's just kind of like ketchup. it's it's got it's got horseradish in it. No, it's 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 in its purest form. It's raw. No. Well, it's not raw, but it's you know, scampi is like the the most tasty dish. I mean, it actually gives the shrimp real flavor. You don't have to glob a bunch of sauce. Are you going shrimp scampi with with like pasta? Or just straight the shrimp in the in the melted garlic butter. Oh, in the in the it's a little bowl in a little bowl. We we do it for uh, for uh, Christmas Eve. Christmas, well. yeah, yeah. I had to house one time right? for Christmas Eve. Yeah, it was delicious. Yeah, no, it was just, yeah. what's good. No, it's good. No, good for sure. All right, number one for me, without question. This is going to be stupid. <laughs> no, this it's not. Crawfish boil. <sighs> Whoa, don't, oh, me, it is so good. All summer long, we do it like every Friday night. You get the crawdads, you get a sausage, you get potato, you get corn, boil it all together. Huh? My problem with the crawfish is like, it's a lot of work and you just get a little bit of. You do, but that's kind of the fun of it. It's like, it's a whole ensemble of eating where you have it on the big, you put it on the table and you mix it all up, you suck the head. Oh, it's so good. Delicious. Well, I mean, I am in Mississippi. These are the things we do here. Mississippi, Louisiana, we're big in crawfish. You are. It's very good. You are. I won the local vote on that for sure. (laughs) No, we didn't have crawfish in New York. (laughs) I never even heard of it. My number one is the whole lobster. Not just the tail. It's the whole lobster. You know, I don't know if I've ever actually done the whole lobster oh. with the little 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 claws. Yeah. Well, like, what do you do with that? You break them out. What do you do with that? I don't I mean, even know how you eat like that. Just like crab. It's the same thing as as eating crab claws. You kind of bailed out on the last one. You kind of bailed out. You kind of you kind of bailed out. I don't, I don't feel like I bailed you, out. Yeah, you I think bailed, you, you sold out on the last one. Just absolutely. To, you're sold out to the people of Mississippi on the uh, on the last one for sure. They're my people, Chris. They're my people. Yeah, they're yeah. They're, they're my people. But no, a crawfish boil is really fun. Get the crew around. You know, you got the Friday night in the summer. So fun. So so fun. All right, it's well, good. We'll, it's delicious. We'll have our people vote on. We'll it. have our people vote. We'll, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, All right. Let me yeah. let me uh, give you the opportunity uh, and congratulate you first um, on your master's pick. Ah, mm-hmm. you nailed it! Mm-hmm. You, nailed, you it. nailed it! Right? You picked. Yeah, you picked DJ. Finished first. Yeah, won it. Like, and I, I was I was hoping that you know when he was when he was up near the top, I was my argument was going to be well, he didn't win, so it doesn't mm-hmm. count. But right. he won. He, he did won. win. So you smashed it. You're the winner. You're the winner. Yeah. See, well, Chris, yeah, let's first of all, let's start let's start by saying I'm a much better golfer than you. Um, so I understand the game. And looking at DJ's swing, um, it's not a surprise that he would be someone that could win at the Masters, just like, you know, I just saw it. You know, he's such a quality player. Uh, and it was time. It was his time and, and just a great player. Let's, see, you know, let's, let's talk about the top 10 golfers in the world that he was number one. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be right. Yours, oh, yours did just barely make the cut. My guy what a terrible 30th. pick. He finished terrible 30th. pick. Terrible pick. No, actually, he was he was the odds-on favorite, and he, he hardly made the yeah. cut. But anyway, all right. Um, 
But thank you. Thank you for the win. I take that take that victory. All right, barbecue recipe. We'll keep it in the seafood category. Let's go a little grilled shrimp, right? Again, season it the way you want. Get it raw, peel it, devein it. And then to me, we have a I have a, a wok that works on the grill, so it's got kind of holes in it. So you put it in there, get the get the grill up to 400, have some flames coming through. Uh, get it in the wok, mix it around, put a little oil in there if you can, and uh, oil on the shrimp, really, and then put it in the wok. Uh, and uh, one, two minutes max. Make sure you're flipping them as they go. They're going to turn gonna turn that nice orangey color. If they get to a C, they're too well done. So get them just before they're a C or as they're starting to become a C. That's what you're looking for. So a little grilled shrimp, a little grilled shrimp uh, this week from my barbecue recipe. And enjoy. Uh, always good. fun to do. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Is that all we got? I think that's all we got. Take this out. Yeah, another great episode. Um, How good was Sarah, by the way? You know, disgraced ever. (laughs) 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 Definitely. And she really is. Let's keep it real, right? Yeah. You can talk to her all day. Uh, She's just so fun. And she is. She's the hardest worker out there. And so bright and and so positive. And I mean, she really is next level. She is next level. So fun having her on. And that won't be her last time. We'll get her back on. But anyway, thank you for listening. Another great episode, College Soccer Nation. Tell your friends they can download this and any previous episodes as they want on uh, all the usual places, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. If you want to hear us, tell your friends. Give us a five-star review. Uh, Any suggestions, right, send us an email. You can get our emails off the website um, or certainly off the description of the of the podcast. I want to thank Darren Mott, cyber um, guy is out, CYBUR. His podcast is great. He does a great job producing the show. We appreciate him. Chris, have a great week. We'll talk to you next Monday. All right, we'll do it. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at chris at collegesoccernation.com or matt at collegesoccernation.com. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and produced by Darren Mott.